Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, May 6th. In today's news, 41 die in a Moscow plane crash. Donald Trump wants to stop Bob Mueller from testifying. And the president picks someone he enjoys watching on Fox News to run ICE. But first, the big idea. Armed factions in Gaza said they have agreed to a ceasefire with Israel that took hold in the early hours of Monday morning after militants fired more than 600 rockets toward Israel this weekend. Israel responded with major airstrikes. Over the past 48 hours, four Israelis were killed as dozens of rockets slammed into urban areas of Israel's south. Palestinian health officials in Gaza said 23 people there died as Israel responded with airstrikes that brought buildings in the densely populated strip tumbling down. It was the worst bout of violence since the 2014 war between Israel and Hamas, which rules Gaza, and involved the first Israeli civilian deaths by rocket fire since that clash. Hamas officials said they escalated the violence to push Israel to comply with the terms it agreed to after another such flare-up in March when rocket fire had caused Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to cut short a trip to Washington. Hamas accused Israel of reneging on a deal to allow in-cash assistance of $30 million a month from Qatar. They also say that Israel had promised that they would expand fishing rights and ease the restrictions on imports and exports that have choked the Gaza economy. With Gaza's beleaguered population of 2 million people turning its frustrations toward Hamas, The organization has been desperate to secure an easing of Israeli restrictions, particularly as the Muslim holy month of Ramadan approaches. It starts at sundown. Egypt, which has been brokering efforts to reach a longer-term truce, has been opening its land border with Gaza more frequently. Netanyahu, however, has been under a lot of criticism from his right-wing coalition partners and residents of southern Israel for repeatedly acceding to Hamas's demands after rocket fire. They want him to be tough. This time, though, the stakes were particularly high for Israel as international teams began flying in for Eurovision, the international singing contest. If you don't know about it, it is huge in Europe, the hosting of which has been a major source of national pride for Israel. Madonna is slated to perform at this year's event, which will be broadcast live worldwide from Tel Aviv. The event is inside the range of Gaza's rockets. This put pressure on Netanyahu to agree to a ceasefire. Basim Naim, a Hamas official, tells Loveday Morris, our Jerusalem bureau chief, that Eurovision made it a particularly good time to up the pressure on Israel. Israel also has its Independence Day celebrations this week, so many Israelis are on vacation. Of the 23 Palestinians killed over the weekend, Israel is denying that two of them, a pregnant woman and a baby, died as a result of their airstrikes. The Israelis say they were hit when a Palestinian rocket misfired. The Palestinians in Gaza claim the dead also include another pregnant woman and infant plus a 12-year-old boy. Militant factions say at least nine of the dead were their fighters, with eight of them from the Islamic Jihad. During the flare-up, Israel says it carried out its first targeted assassination in Gaza after a hiatus of several years. Here again, Netanyahu's right-wing coalition partners have been pushing him to bring back the policy, especially since his victory in the recent elections. The Israeli military says it targeted a 34-year-old man who worked in a money exchange office and was responsible for channeling Iranian funds to Hamas and Islamic Jihad. Those are the two largest militant groups in Gaza. An airstrike hit his car on a busy street in Gaza City on Sunday. He's dead. And that's the big idea. 
Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Monday. Number one, 41 people were killed Sunday when a Russian passenger jet making an emergency landing in Moscow touched down and burst into flames. The Russian-made Sukhoi Superjet, carrying 78 people, bounced across the runway as it landed. Video from the scene shows thick black smoke pouring out from behind. The aircraft, operated by Aeroflot, then skidded to a stop. Passengers scrambled out of the burning hulk down emergency slides, some with children in their arms. Russia has long struggled with poor air safety, and crashes are relatively common. 326 people died in accidents on Russian commercial flights between 2008 and 2017. In the U.S., 61 people died during that same period. But the lion of U.S. aviation, Boeing, has of course found itself taking intense criticism in recent months over its 737 MAX aircraft. My colleague Doug McMillan reports in today's newspaper that Boeing's board of directors discussed how quickly and cheaply they could make the 737 MAX while approving plans for the aircraft, but no one on the board apparently ever asked any detailed questions about safety. One former board member says, quote, safety was just a given. Boeing also disclosed Sunday that the company's engineers discovered one of their suppliers had delivered flight control software that did not meet its requirements in the months after they started delivering the new 737 MAX jets in 2017. But it wasn't until after a deadly plane crash involving related flight control software that the company chose to inform regulators about the problem. Number two. President Trump announced Sunday that special counsel Bob Mueller should not testify before Congress, reversing course from his previous position that the decision is up to Attorney General Bill Barr. The House Judiciary Committee has been seeking to hear from Mueller amid disagreements about whether Barr mischaracterized the special counsel's report in his congressional testimony and other public statements. Trump's Sunday afternoon tweet marks a shift from what he said on Friday during an exchange with reporters in the Oval Office. Trump said he was totally fine with leaving the decision up to the Attorney General. The day before, Barr had said under oath when he was testifying in front of the Senate that he has no objections to Mueller testifying. Trump's reversal came just hours after a Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee said that the panel has proposed a date of May 15th for Mueller to appear, but that no agreement has been reached yet. Representative David Cicilline, the Democrat from Rhode Island, said on Fox News Sunday that a tentative date has been set, but then he said in a tweet a few hours later that he had misspoken and there's nothing tentative. It's just the day they hope Mueller comes. A spokesman for Mueller declined to comment. Number three, Trump announced Sunday that he will nominate Mark Morgan, who briefly ran the Border Patrol at the end of the Obama administration, to lead ICE. Trump's Twitter announcement caught White House aides and Homeland Security officials by surprise. They had not been informed Morgan was Trump's choice, and at ICE, senior leaders learned of the decision from the president's social media post according to two senior administration officials. Morgan, who had been in his position at Border Patrol only a few months before he was ousted shortly after Trump took office, seems to have auditioned for his new job largely via television appearances, particularly on Fox News. Morgan has given his support to the president's declaration of a national emergency to enable him to build a border wall. That's how he first got on the president's radar. And now he has his dream job. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, May 6th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.